Welcome to Twin Week, Season 3, Episode 28. It's August 26th. Decky Swan Dive, how are we? Oh my god, Andy Soothsayer, we're having a blast. It is, I cannot emphasize it enough, Twin Week. We stumbled into this thing. We had two different sets of twins who are doing absolutely phenomenal stuff, and we're dropping them this week for you. We'll start with this one, the Brodsky Twins. Some call them the Brodskys, but we get to call them the Brodskys. Uh, they work in the cinematography uh, area and in industry, I should say. Sam is the is the is the brains, the organizer, the producer, and Ben is the chiller, creative BTS guy. And their dynamic left right brain is phenomenal. You guys are gonna love it. I can't wait for you guys to try to decipher who's who. We got four people on the mic. It's gonna be a hell of a time for our listeners to try to figure out which voice is going to which person. So enjoy. We try to do our best to uh, vocalize a little bit of inflection to decipher the differences. I think we did a good job. We did, fine. but but honestly, it doesn't matter if we think we did a good job. It matters if you think we did a good job. So enjoy. I'm Welcome to Twin Week. We got the Brodsky brothers in, Sam and Ben. How are we doing today? Doing well. Amazing. Just uh, just getting this mic. Just getting it close to my pop. There you go, dude. So we're going to have to figure this out. You know, Twin Week on podcasting is not easy. We got to figure out who's who. So who's who here? Well, we could tell you, like... Oh, I don't know. Do we, we, we get a secret? Because no, these guys sound exactly the same. Exactly the same. So this is, this is what we <laughs> yeah. said to... Uh, um, the impromptu girls who are coming on tomorrow. We're like, we need some vocal cues that are going to identify for the listeners. Hey, this is Sam every time, and this is Ben every time. So, is there anything you feel like? And there's a twang in the back of your throat that like just comes out. Uh, let, me, let me quick throw a filter on. <laughs> you can just be the pop guy. Don't you have a, yeah. tra- a transition? Yeah, back. That- it's my turn. <laughs> also, I guess this might be the time to say it. Then just hey, watch on YouTube. That'll be the easiest way to do it. Yeah, get the visuals. Yeah. Either way, I I mean, it's the Brodsky twins. We can just say that. Is it Brodsky or Brodsky? Both. <laughs> it's Brodsky, but coming from you, we like Brodsky. It just sounds cooler. It sounds mm-hmm. so it sounds cool. Cooler, yeah. It makes Martin people like stop in their tracks. Like, what? Okay. I'm all in on that. Yeah. But uh, we know a lot about you guys, and it's been fun to watch you guys create some content. Just be the, the, the guiding light, I want to say, from Minneapolis and Twin Cities around here. I want to know. Or for our listeners, I, I'd love to get kind of uh, the background of your story of like how you guys came up um, and how you guys have found all this success. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, um, first off, this is Sam Brodsky here, also known as Sam Brodsky. Um, <laughs> and so jumping right in, I guess when we started. So my brother Ben started way before me. I came in a little bit late, um, a little bit in a later in the game. Um, and I think it was junior year of college, um, and we were doing a music video, and it was for Ben's class. And I was in marketing and entrepreneurship. I worked at two startup companies. Um, wasn't in the film world, but it was junior year, I believe. Um, and he was like, "Hey, like we need help on this music video," um, and I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like I'll help out and organize," because um, I had very like organized background i was you seem like an organized um, guy 
I like to think so. You're wearing a collared shirt today. Picked up yeah. for my slack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, we can talk later about the twin thing, left and right brain and whatnot. Sure. Um, but I'm definitely on the organized side. So I just kind of, you know, f- focused on locations, um, organizing, you know, 15, 20 people for this music video, um, not really knowing, like, what I was doing, not really understanding, like, what the role of a producer was. But I really was producing, um, per se. Um, and I really w- was good at it and enjoyed it. Um, and that was kind of the first like taste of it. Now I had watched since Ben was very young. I had watched him um, be in the film world and photo world, but I wasn't like directly involved with it. But this was my like first real uh, exposure um, working with big teams, um, and a lot of actually big talent were on that on that crew. Um, and that was junior year, so I was like what six years ago? Yeah, five years. About ago. six years. Uh... Um. And so that was my, like, first exposure to it. Um, it goes deeper, but I'll, I'm going to let Ben answer when he got started because I think uh, he's yeah, got so a better you're, you're backstory. The, you're the videographer? Fo- yeah, well, you I'll uh, introduce myself here. Uh, ben Brodsky as well. This is such a formal podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. I mean, he's gives, giving you the sauce, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, for, for me, I mean, the story is really just kind of ingrained and, you know, just how how i grew up you know we, we went to a waldorf school you know out of the womb you know it's it's basically what's different about waldorf schooling is it's um hands-on no tv time no no screens uh doesn't pay attention to competition it's more a you know figure out what comes natural and then kind of you know focus on that rather than you know let's put you in this category you know it doesn't categorize the humans it's it's just do what feels natural so i mean for me this whole kind of hands-on learning and being creative is like you know been since day one um however getting more into the technical side of it you know i think the first time i really stepped into the film world was you know my dad had all the the little toys you know the little the first digital camera you know he just just bored you know <laughs> and and you know he would just get that stuff and so um when was that ben yeah, oh man, I mean, 2000, I can't put a date to it, it's like 2010 or earlier, 2008 probably, um, so actually, going, let's go even further back, so like, he had a VHS, you know, whatever camera, and he would have that laying around, and the show that we watched, we, we were allowed to watch Disney Channel, was it, and, uh, only Disney Channel, not Nick. about it, I think that was it, I mean, this is like way, back. I mean, I barely remember this stuff, um, and it was Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, we were twins, it was acceptable to watch that, so, uh, <laughs> that's what my parents liked, you know, <laughs> well, what's, what was interesting here now is I tried to, you know, TV's off now, now we're wandering around the house, dunking hoops, playing, you know, XYZ games, I wanted to, you know, let's, let's make Zach and Cody, and so I picked up the VHS camera, you know, I, I don't even think I figured out how to turn it on at that point, but <laughs> I think I, I did get maybe one roll off, but then I came to re- realization that, you know, editing, like, how was I going to, like, edit it? And at that time, you know, like, computers were not advanced. They weren't what they are now. And, uh, you know, after that, I, like, set the camera down, and that was it for, like, man, another three, four years went by. And then GoPro. GoPro. Actually, I'm, I'm a little off right now. I actually started out with more photo in between that. So I went photo and then GoPro came out with their stuff. And I was just like, whoa, action sports. You know, this is like 2013. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, I mean, from there it was, I mean, man, I, there's so many different avenues I could go into here. It's, I haven't been in depth like this in a while. But, um, yeah, so it was 2013 GoPro Hero 2 or 3, and uh, I got that, you know, snowboarding was huge that was like all we did kind of in the in the free time so you know would watch the burton videos on the very first youtube back then and uh just got a lot of inspiration from that then from there you know the uh, see canon started to come out with new stuff t4i's all the, the small dslr revolution started to happen and then uh, from there i actually if we're going real technical here i went to uh, 5d i actually went away from video for like a year and then uh i picked up a vg20 sony first 1080p 60 frames per second camera like big deal back then and uh let's see from there it was um from the from there then i got the 60 first full frame camera then from there it was uh the sony a7s low light beast 2015 I, the whole world flipped upside down I think that's um, something that we have right here. That's yeah. A, that's an A7, but I don't think it has any of the additional features on it. It's from like four years ago. Yeah, A7S1, I mean, that thing is still what, a powerhouse. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about um, like the Instagram accounts that you started yeah, oh, at a young you age? Because um, I think some of our audience probably doesn't understand tech as much as you do. <laughs> yeah, no, I can go tech. I mean, that's what editing's for. We're going to edit this. Hey, we're going to chop out <laughs> that technical part. No. Um, yeah, no, GoPro for me was, was a huge kind of introduction to Instagram and the power of like community and whatnot. I grew three GoPro accounts, well, not three all at the same time, one at a time to 10,000 followers in 2014, 2013. Like, oh, like, so and, they were just like uh, videos that you were taking and posting. Yeah, no, Instagram. I was editing, I was shooting and editing four Instagram videos before anyone. I mean, my biggest video on YouTube was how to upload videos to Instagram because it was so pre, it was pre airdrop, pre everything pretty much. Yeah. So the only way to get videos onto your camera roll was to sync it through iTunes. So I had a wow. video demonstrating how to do this. And I mean, it's my most popular video. <laughs> so that just shows you like, you know, it puts into spectrum like how long ago I was like active on Instagram and like using it for business, so to speak. And that's crazy um, in the video world. Yeah, in the video world. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty solid one. But yeah, fast forwarding, you know, to now it's it's very interesting to see how it's changed. I mean, what, what started out as a very like for fun type platform has turned into like a monster of you know money just everyone you know influencers all that i mean we all know it yeah um but yeah so for me it's been a really interesting arch of how it's kind of come that's interesting man because you you talk about like the tw you touched on the twin dynamic sam and i think it's interesting that like you're more like the business side the the entrepreneur stay organized and then ben is entirely like creative has the the secret sauce to editing all these footage like all the footy and like being that like b-roll bts guy like you really have to be on your camera like at all times yeah. so it's fun to see like that active dynamic one was like the first time you guys worked together and you're like okay this i mean after that music video i mean you talked about that but was that really the first time where it was like okay let's turn this into something special yeah, I mean, it was it was where I had a real like active role and and heart into it. Um, yeah. 
I was, you know, I, it was really my first experience um, working with a larger crew. Um, and it was also cool to um, see it win awards um, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that music video, you know, it, it required pre-production and a lot of, you know, today's projects, not what we currently do, but current generation kids, you know, it's, just, it's called running and gunning. They just shoot anything that moves and then bring it into post. And see you know, what happens. Bring it into post, so. see what happens. Um, so that project, and that was about, yeah, 2015, you know, it really got us thinking like, oh, we had to, you know, get these locations scouted before we had to get the gear rented before we, you know, we had to make sure, you know, even his outfits were washed. We had, you know, just all the little things that, you know, you're not running and gunning. It's, it's, you know, takes time. Yeah. Takes time um, but Damn. the, to go back on what was like a, a first big project also, or another project that we worked on together, um, was Ben started doing a project his freshman year, kind of documenting the four year life of the University of Kansas, what it was like to go through um, a four year degree at, at um, KU, University of Kansas. Um, and he started that freshman year uh, and then started documenting the life, knowing that um, in, yeah, at, at the, the end of the road, the road yeah. he would put together a you know, four to five minute piece about it. And I wasn't involved the first two, three years. And then the senior year at the end, um, things started to come to the post-production process, which was trying to, you know, shape the vision of like how we wanted to, I stepped in a little bit, um, but there was a writer involved in that project that also helped a ton. Um, and that was, I would say our real like big aha moment that we can like do this and we can like really like create a production company and we don't Mm -hmm. have to like necessarily go be a production assistant on some big set in LA was um, that video when it launched it had you know a million impressions or 4,000 shares organically had more views than um, the university itself for all the last year's worth of content and we're just seniors in college you know with a couple cameras. Yeah, that I mean, we equipment were I had been yeah. kind of, you know, every dollar I made, it was just towards equipment. Every know. penny, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's every sick. penny. <laughs> what kind of perfect timing, though, is that with it being the end of your college career to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and be like, all right, we're now we're graduating, let's do this thing together and let's move in. So you guys, at the end of Kansas, you guys moved back up to the Twin Cities, got yep. an apartment together, and then been running your production team ever since. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, we had done projects um in senior year um that were like not big but like were pretty cool and they were impactful for the businesses we worked for like the largest private um apartment complex um and did some branding videos for them uh the problem that they had is they just weren't filling their place and we came in and said well yeah because you're not looking and feeling cool and that's exactly where we came in helped them out a ton i think they had like four floors were empty and by the end, I think, you know, they, it did well. It should have, sure. yeah, did well. Um, so we were still doing projects in college, but yeah, after I college. Mean, there's, I was doing a lot of just, I mean, there were a lot of projects I was doing, but weren't, like, necessarily professional. Like, you know, I was, I have a whole history of um, this company called I'm Schmacked. You know, it was a group of a bunch of filmers that uh, essentially showed off college campuses. You were a part um, of that? 
Oh yeah, one of the OGs for sure. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I go on to that for hours. But um, what was the? Uh, how many people were part of that team? Um, I mean, it's in and out. I mean, in total, there were a lot of filmers that were kind of one-offs. You know, they were right. part of their own campus. There were very few filmers that were actually in with the higher guys and actually getting flown around and actually, you know, doing stuff for them more than often. And I still to this day, I'm buddies with the lead editor that was pretty much in charge of, he made the whole thing kind of happen. Wow. Um, there are some other people that, you know, I won't say names that were, that are not, not good people, but um, anyways, yeah. So th that, that whole sure. company and that, that kind of, it gave me the hype and gave me that, that drive to like, I'm really striving for something. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, that was huge. That was 2013 through, I mean, that was all four years. Um, actually, funny story about that is that one of the main guys that kind of ran the whole thing. Um, he actually came and visited my school my freshman year. And at the time, I had nothing. I had maybe had like a T4I, but not, nothing that looked good. Nothing that was like a little big shoulder rig or anything like that. So I actually went to the journalism school and like pretended to be a journalist and like rented out, you know, another like bigger, like, you know, you know it's still clunky, but yeah. it looked bigger. And uh, I'll never forget. I don't think I actually rented it because of uh, um, Schmack coming through town. But I was just so passionate at that time that I was just like renting cameras just to like have a big camera in my room kind of thing to like play with all the buttons. But I'm um, Schmack actually came through this the town that that day. And I'll never forget. I was walking around campus and someone was like, oh, are you I'm Schmack? And I was like, wait, what is that? And then I figured it out like very soon after that. And this was kind of in this golden, golden phase, you know, like right 2014, 15. Yeah. That's when it was big. Um, but yeah. Wow. That was that was crazy. That was really crazy. Dude, you're shooting so, film underage for that. That stuff, too. That's wild. I was I mean, yeah, I was what, maybe I was like 18, 19. I don't even remember. Yeah. But um, dude, go, I'm I actually going back have and a watching photo. Schmack videos after this. Oh, dude. I'll send you some links, the ones I did. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll actually send you a photo. I have a photo of me. I took a selfie in the mirror with that camera, middle of winter, 30 degrees out, carrying that camera. I'll, I will find that. We'll place that right you here. You had a fisheye yeah. on it. I actually remember. Um, that. No, that was another was setup. That was um, that was snowboarding. Oh, was snowboarding just, yeah. We'll have a little photo gallery. But uh, so going, so taking us forward, yep. um, like I think we were right where we graduated. Um, mm -hmm. So I, my background was uh, throughout college. Uh, I worked at a couple of startup companies. Um, one was pretty successful. The other one, I'm not sure where it is today. Um, but I had been in entrepreneurship on the track. Uh, and that's what I graduated with, marketing entrepreneurship. So I built like business plans and whatnot. Um, so senior year when we kind of knew that this is like what we were going to do, I leveraged a lot of my classes, um, built a production company, a business model around um, having a production company instead of doing like some, you know, Frisbee company that's made out of recyclable plastic. I built a production company, um, leveraged that, you, you know, having to build something for to get an A right to graduate. Um, so that helped me right when I graduated because I applied for a grant. Um, that was successful. It took six months to get, but that got us a lot of startup capital. We were able to double our equipment. Um, really? gave us that ability to kind of compete um, where others can't compete um, just because of sheer uh, production equipment. Value. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so that helped out a lot. Um, and then, but but since then, like we've been just working with small to large businesses. 
um, around the country, and wow. uh, and and we love it. We love telling stories. That's um, sick. We do a lot of event work as well, um, a little bit of nonprofit work, uh, commercial. We really like branded content is one of our big things. So with um, that, when you say like you love telling the stories, is there a specific way or style that you guys like to unpack someone's story? Or is there, I mean, I'm sure there is an art of storytelling, but what is that for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always figuring out what their why is and how mm-hmm. quickly you can figure out their why. Um, the more successful and efficient the production will go. Um, if you can't really determine what their why is, you maybe need to take a step back and really dive deeper into the project and figuring out what their business is about. Sure. Um, it's probably the hardest part about production uh, is the pre-production and the storytelling and the preparation prior. Uh, it's something that a lot of people overlook. We certainly overlooked it at the very beginning stages where, you know, you you get you get the contract and then you figure out you figure it out you know um i bet you've run into several situations where like companies will come to you you'll get the contract going and then they just expect you to create that story and you know nothing about them to the extent of where they want to take it and it's just like all right i get that i'm like the photographer and i got like the the skill behind it but you need to give me some guidance on what you're looking for yeah we don't even really do that route it's Mm -hmm. we'll figure out if you're almost worth our time because if they're not passionate enough about their own business that they can't really give us, you know, here's a nutshell of what we want, then it's, it's not the right fit. Yeah. Well, it just it just takes more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying we don't, but it's we try to find those really passionate companies that they want a video. They know they want a video. Mm-hmm. So, so I know yeah. you guys shoot in the music industry. Is that some of your more – is that is that like one of your preferred – industries to work with or what's like an <laughs> ideal client that you guys um, like working with i mean i i got into the music actually another thing that we didn't really talk about at all was actually sorority videos i got into sorority videos there you which, go all this relates to the music i'll get to that in a second but uh the sorority videos were driven a lot by like powerful like music to me it was like a lot of you know because it's, it's community like i try to show everyone kind of happy you know so music, their wings. I was, That's yeah, a special I was moment. finding that, that the impactful music back then before I even like really got in the music industry. So okay. I was making the like, kind of like dope edits, you know, before I got into the music industry. Um, but yeah, I got into the music industry, um, because it actually was one of my biggest inspirations, uh, festivals, EDC 2014 after movie, just showing uh, the ginormous, I mean, that, that stuff was just super impactful for me. Um, so yeah, music festivals, you know, it was always a goal for me to like shoot a music festival, work with artists. And I mean, I could go into all the details of like how that all kind of came about, but I definitely succeeded in being in the music industry. But as, as far as today goes, um, still do it. Money's not great. Um, there's a lot of competition, but, uh, it's definitely not like our main focus, so to speak. What were some of the, just sticking with the music for a little bit, what were some of those first clients that you grabbed, first artists that you grabbed that we were like, all right, I'm in it. I'm actually like working with people that are competing. And then you kind of worked your way up from there. Yeah. Um, Yellow Claw, right? I would say, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a long story. Um, and I, it kind of stemmed from I'm Schmack stuff, some of the music stuff. Um, Yellow Claw 2014. Um, that was kind of the first like, Actually, no, no, we, we missed the whole phase. The first artist I ever worked with or like was around, so to speak, I wasn't working directly with them, 
was actually G Easy, and wow. it was the <laughs> it was G Easy. Uh, and so how how all that came to be is I actually <laughs> was so kind of passionate about being around music and club and like hype stuff. I walked my ass into the local club and I said, "What do I gotta do to shoot?" Uh, you know, every night or you know, every night on the weekends, you know, to shoot some photos, or whatever, and it's like fifty bucks. And so I did that for, you know, probably a semester. And during that semester, this is where the J Easy part comes in. The the owner Trevor, shout out Trevor. Uh, he called me, and he was like, "Oh, I got this artist coming down for like he, basically J Easy played at the local venue. They was gonna come to the club after and do like a little performance." And so me not really knowing, I, I had to Google him. I had no idea who he was, but I was so passionate about filming and like an opportunity to make something dope that I hit up anyone and everyone that moved at KU filmmaking or, you know, that department. And, uh, I, I got about eight filmers there and this is like what? before any real filmmaking cameras were out. This was still had my Sony VG 20, which is, you know, this big kind of clunky thing. And, uh, like the 5d Mark II, 5d Mark three era. So it was a, a bunch of kids just i said roll the whole thing and uh, i'll i'll throw some screen grabs up right here of of this easy i love always live editing but, uh, what we I'm do literally, uh, i know how it works <laughs> i know how it works um, shoot to edit baby yeah shoot to edit <laughs> exactly um but yeah that that, that was a gz that was a live recap that was my second most watched thing on youtube Damn. it uh it took me days to edit because i still wasn't i wasn't that knowledgeable in editing multicam stuff with eight cameras on older computers it was i was trying to play literally eight feeds all at once and like rhythmically edit it and i didn't figure out what a proxy was until a couple years a couple years later so i was you know three seconds uh, you know it starts to freeze up uh, you know like just eight minute edit you know two songs so um damn that was crazy but um anyways yeah fast forwarding to more of the modern stuff uh i mean my first festival you know, we, we kind of worked our way up in this local festival in Kansas called Dance Vistopia. It's, it's a pretty big one. Um, you know, all the big names, Tiesto, Millennium, all the, a lot of the big ones. But uh, yeah, we, we did that for, we did that every year for three, four years. That was kind of our Damn. big festival. But I mean, fast forwarding, I mean, I've done so many little music things that it's hard to like really yeah. pinpoint key yeah. ones. Um, yeah, I, I think the, what we're looking for now, um, we, we like, uh, branded content very um, at the awareness stage yeah. um, of the buying process, um, the why and the inspiring, not necessarily the what, because there's a lot of video people that can like have someone sit at a chair and say, what do you offer? But there's only so much value that that can portray. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't move people, you know, and we always try and create content that'll really move people and, and get their skin crawling. Um, we, uh, <laughs> Speaking of that, like two hours ago, we sent over a draft um, to a, a client of ours, um, and he sent us a Snapchat shout out Landon um, of just like him watching the video and just like he his face is just like eye opening, and then he s turns the Snapchat around and he's looking at his, his skin crawling, and, was, and that was like an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. Dude. So it's just like that's what Based we like doing. End. That's the energy that we try and bring to the table. Um, project was really cool. It was at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, down in Atlanta? A, down in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, working on a branded content piece. And 
uh, but so that that's like what we're we're look to look yeah, to to get out of a project or a client. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, not all of them can be like that. Um, a lot of them aren't like that. Um, but that's what we strive for. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm guessing uh, that you roll with referrals a lot. Absolutely. That's kind of how you guys have been picking up snow, uh, steam and the snowball kind of goes from there is just getting that next person to give you word of mouth. Who are those kind of big influences on you early uh, from like a mentor standpoint that kind of helped you be a North Star or be, they, they were the North Star to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, we have a lot of uh, we, we, mean, really, we, we have a lot of different we don't have a whole lot of like we need a video every month. Like it's usually, you know, this person it's a second connection so like it's we know someone and then yeah their friend's friend is the one who actually yeah but 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 going on the Um, question like with the mentorship like that's that's a hard question because we haven't really had like a mentor that just guided us that's like very yeah um, i'm self-taught youtube university i mean for me from like a filmmaking side I mean, I spent years just on YouTube and and just watching other people. I've never, there's only been one person that he was actually a wedding videographer in like 2014 who actually like showed me some things and I'll never forget. I I can't think of his name right now. Um, Anyway, insert that now. Um, He was one of the only people that kind of like taught me anything. It was like only a couple days. I actually met him through Craigslist, as sketchy as that is. He was trying to buy one of my lenses and we ended up meeting some neutral location and he was dope and we started doing some stuff together but um no uh, as far as mentorship it's it's been trial and error it's been you know and also not only trial and error but just getting feedback based off of what posts of like doing well and like what got engagement and stuff like that yeah um, so is this, a, is this like a plug for us hey like if you're in the video world with 20 plus years experience like we'd love yeah. Have a mentor love in our to lives. Do, love that. Links below yeah. to our contact. I love to learn. I don't. Yeah, I'm a. I like to give value in both directions. Nice, dude. That's so. that's a good little bit right there. I think we can use that swipe up campaign or something. Yeah, swipe up. Just that, you know. So you mentioned like, you know, filming for the wide, going more deeper on a brand. How do you? I mean, and Andrew and I are getting into this a little bit too of like, not devaluing you, devaluing devaluing like your talents or the things that you're great at so for like you guys how did you go into working these contracts through with other clients and like sticking to the price that you truly thought represented brodsky production oh that's that's the million dollar question i think every video creator deals with on a daily basis is like what's their number what's their worth yeah and um I mean, it's kind of like the word of mouth thing goes. Like, if you work with someone and it's a $1,500 budget, chances are those two people definitely talked about maybe what their price was and they kind of right. have an expectance to where you know, they can expect. And then, you, you know, we, we bump it up every year, I would say. But uh, obviously, Sam can speak more on the, our number side of things. I'd be curious. Yeah. Well, what it, you it's had to, say. to me, it's all about like planning your goals of like where you want to be in the industry. And like where you think you currently are. So there's a lot of video people that I know and I've helped kind of mentor. Um, but uh, if you're trying to, ex- if you're expecting to make a lot of money at the beginning, like don't expect it. If you're trying to get into the industry because you think it's cool and like it's 
really Instagram, like your, yeah, it's flashy and your Instagram clout goes up. Like if you're really like interested in video, like that shouldn't be your motivation. Um, But going back to the money side of it is that, you know, if you set a goal that you want to charge a thousand dollars for a project in year one and you set the goal that, okay, in year two, it's going to be 2000 and year three, it's 3000. Like what more value, like, and experiences are you doing in year one that add value to like your clients in year two, where you ju- that justifies your mm. rate going up. Right. Like we charge based off of like our experience, our equipment and like our just general knowledge, um, in business and in the video world and how you, we can impact your business using video or your business or brand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about just setting um, expectations with the client and yourself prior to the project starting. Cause I've had so many, um, you know, new video people that they go into the project and they think that like, this is what they're doing. But then the client is like, yo, this is what I expected. Now the video guy is doing 10 times as much work and the client is like, yeah, well, that's what I expected. So you have to really, you know, get out the layout, your sort of statement of work. Yeah. And and that happens at at very high levels. And we know this, I can't say the client, but we, from a very high level, um, to the very beginning videographer people um, that are just learning um, and just starting. And everyone like has to start somewhere. Um, and yeah, you just, just got to grind it out the, at the first year or two and, and really even like four years, like don't expect it all to come like because of one, you know, Instagram post of, yeah, I think that's kind of like the biggest myth with video is you know you'll you know you post one video with some huge artist and then it's gonna lead to you know just naturally like oh like now drake's gonna hit me up no it's it's your network it's you do one video for a smaller artist and then this is just speaking in general for music and instagram just the way all that works is it's you do one smaller video they happen to be connected to some other manager some other artists and they put in a good word for you and then it starts out as like you know really low rate and maybe they're coming through your local town and you know one thing leads to the next kind of thing it's never like oh the manager needed a video you know so bad of like this huge name and like but no one else has reached out to them like that never <laughs> happens it's it's all it's pretty much always the other way around it's you know someone's been reaching out to them for five months straight and like oh finally they get their shot yeah. yeah. Is that consistency always. Every time. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We I mean that's like one thing that I've seen a lot or what we're trying to get into a little bit is like looking ahead a little bit and seeing these different artists or even comedians is where I'm really looking at it and seeing these people coming to town and being like, Okay, if I hit them up two months beforehand, I know that they haven't started their ticket promotion yet. So I'm gonna hit them before put it on their radar like hey do you guys need help promotion would you want to come on the podcast that kind of thing and just like it's weird because i when i first started trying to do that i had it was just tons of kickback or no responses and it was always because like that wasn't a need that they had you have to like catch them at the right time to really fulfill the need and then they're going to be willing to work with you as long yeah, as you have like absolutely. that experience value first right value first that's and I got, what you're about to say yeah, exactly <laughs> and i gotta ask you ben how thankful are you that sam can just run the reins on there and you can just go shoot it's kind of like yeah. the, you have like that that um 
and just the same thing goes with you, Sam. Like you, you guys have that wall of trust, and you're like I just need to get him the job, and then he'll deliver, and then vice versa. I just need to make sure that I deliver, so then that Sam can get me the job the next time. And you guys have, I mean, it can't be easy being brothers, but at the same time, you got that built-in trust going forward with that. Yeah, I mean, um, Sam here speaking is like because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to mix up this conversation a bit, but like we we both blend roles a, a little bit or more than we used to um like i'm learning how to edit because i want to better understand him and how what it takes to edit um for him i've been trying to teach him about like prospecting and like how important relationships are even though that one the first degree person that you're talking to may not be important at all but their second and third degree um may be super key um but we're we're trying to to learn each other better so we understand um our roles better um yeah it's definitely like i mean going back to what you said about like you know the wall and it's definitely a bless it's a total blessing and a curse and and to a lot of videographers that may be watching this like the grass is is never greener on the other side like you might be thinking in your room right now like i wish i had a twin that like did all the hard shit you know no it's we definitely both work hard. I mean, it's 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 not you know, and we do a lot of projects because there's two of us. I'm not saying like, you know, we're we're one person so to speak, just doing different jobs of one person. It's definitely, you know, it's it's building three people so to speak, like two. Yeah. You know, one plus one is three. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's we're definitely really lucky to be so good at what you know. We in our areas because um, you know i've been trying to teach him so to shoot a little bit but it's not instinctual you know it's not you can't teach instincts so you know i definitely have to be here and i definitely need him i uh, need ben do, are you kidding me yeah, like he makes he all my me. projects look good <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like i'm spoiled yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of instinct uh it's my instinct to correct you when your mic's a little slouch can you pick up your mic a little bit is it uh, catch I've the game vertical to, I keep, like, yeah. the, the he needs a tripod needs a tripod and first. get him a tripod oh, yeah <laughs> and then if you don't want to keep reaching over to grab your lacroix the uh we built a mic mount that is also a coaster. Oh, out. he's elbowing it, dude. Yeah. Never mind, Ben. Continue. Okay, uh, I'll just keep reaching for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I sound better. I can hear myself now. Hey, nah, yeah. dude, he loves it now. Look at uh, yeah. the mics. I, so I had a question: like, when do you guys like ever fight, and who would win? Mm, I mean, there's both daily like arguments. Yeah, I mean, at three in the morning time. when we have a deliverable due at 8 a.m. and like it's coming down to the wire it's it can get a little heated in our office but i mean we don't we don't fight we've done everything in, in important in our lives together um like everything um yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, we even even college like decision wise it was like he was decided to go to ku so i was like well i guess i'm not going to mizzou or madison i'm gonna go to ku you know we've pretty much you know so we're, we're very close um and we're lucky um, because we have two, um, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say we fight much. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'll be tuning into the twin week here. On I'd I'd love to hear other twins, you know, kind of stories and what what they currently do in business and what where they live, how they split. That'll mm. be interesting. Yeah. Tune in. Yeah, we fight all the time. <laughs> that's how we roll. Though. That's how. We, yeah, that's just how it works. Radically tr- radical transparency is what back pocket's all about. Because <laughs> if you don't have that. You're not getting anything done. Yeah, put it that way, <laughs> at least for us. I want to know: um, Do you guys get annoyed, or are there any situations where, I mean, people obviously can't tell you apart? Typically, I feel like that's a thing for sure. That happened to me a million times. But 
Um, is there anything where you have like you struggle with in terms of being a twin? Yeah, I mean, identity is, is always like a hard one when he does something and then it affects you even though you didn't do anything, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and you're like, well, what? Um, but yeah, in high school, it was hard, very hard. We transferred from a private school, Waldorf school, um, to a public school, um, not knowing anyone going from a class size of 15 people to 800 um, from eighth grade to ninth grade. And then people not even knowing your name and then when they do figure out their name they can't figure out which one so then the lean the you know the tendency of if you can't embarrassment like people are prone to like they don't want to be embarrassed so they'll just not say her name at all you know right, right and then you know some people that were smart would catch on and be like oh just brodsky or brodsky you know yeah. um for you guys brodsky you know? <laughs> uh, but uh yes yeah, so that was like totally hard i think i wrote a paper about it in high school because like what's the first thing you do when you meet someone you figure out their name right and that's like the first step in a relationship but if people are like hesitant to say your name it's because of getting it wrong it, it can be hard but i mean we we have definitely ton... more positive than negative uh, yeah like i would it's a good icebreaker it's you know so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's you always got <laughs> seeing all the benefits over here <laughs> it's definitely i mean there's definitely negatives but there's it's mostly positive I mean, yeah for sure who doesn't yeah. want to be twin but uh as far as like recognition goes i mean it was really you know i would say midway through college when people started really we, we definitely started to look different but I mean, I'll you know insert photo here. Like there's some photos where I can't even tell. I mean, I can't like before <laughs> age ten. I it's a blind guess. You got to flip the you gotta flip the picture over. And my yeah. mom wrote, you know, there's no more siblings besides you. It's just, just you two. Us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, when we were born, like instantly, Ben's Ben's running left. I'm running right. They were done. <laughs> like, yeah. but we were great kids actually, according to my mom. But okay. You said left brain, right brain earlier. What is uh, getting in depth on more? What would you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, everyone has a tendency to be, like, more logical and conservative. Oh, gotcha. Like, uh, on one side, one's, like, creative. And I forget the exact attributes to left and right. Right. um, But we definitely um, have that. Um, Ben's, like, a lot more on the creative side. um, And I'm more like time is money and we need to get this project going and you know we just wasted yeah. 20 minutes my mind sees that 20 minutes as like lost value um, and I'm, yeah and i'm just you know the energy in the room you know the vibe like what, what did i pick up on you know that kind of thing yeah which is what you you know you need you need both you know? yeah it's crazy so we kind of balance each other out there are there any times like i mean for both of you are there times where you like struggle communicating to each other because it's like you're not clearly understanding that that 20 minutes is a big deal or he yeah, sam's not yeah. understanding like dude i I got to get the right edit here. Give me 20 yeah, minutes. I mean, that, that happens every day. I mean, I'm, I'm not working on a project for three days and he's like, we got to get it done. And then I pick up some kind of, you know, vibe off YouTube <laughs> or some kind of editing technique. And I'm like head down, you know, in it for eight hours and like the project's done. You know what I mean? Like right. if I catch the right wave, it's, that's huge. Yeah. And like most creatives know what I'm talking about, where it's just you gotta catch the energy. No, no and, I, and if you're not catching some energy, that means you're just doing blanket, boring videos where it's just, yeah. you know, you got to have some kind of inspiration with it. I was going to touch on that because, I mean, we're putting out nine Instagrams a week and a lot of it, we've built templates out for our Instagram posts 
And at times it's like, I want to spend the hour to just learn a new feature that I can apply to the template and then just make that video just like inherently better. But at the same time, it's like, I'm giving myself a very stringent time frame to create these videos. And I'd rather just have the content out there rather than it looking nice, delivering the same message. So mm-hmm. I, like for you guys, like, is it, yeah, do you ever play tough. with that a little bit? Or are you more like on the, like, I want to make this as creative and deliver for this brand as much as possible type thing. Well, I mean, it's, it's, that's uh, every video is that, that has, that's in your mind because yeah. like for me, it's more of a discussion of how is this going to help me sell in the future? Like, cause if I'll mm. put an extra day or two into something if i feel like this is going to be a good tool we can use to get more business you know what i mean Um, it's a portfolio builder versus this is just a reoccurring client like that's that's what we kind of yeah and if you we're always striving to you know one up our last projects um so kind of ties back to that rate thing you know we're like okay what's justifying uh, your rate increase from year one to year two. It's right. like, well, what should be justifying is that you're getting better and your portfolio is showing it. So even in, you know, technically we've, we're like in year like four or five, really only like two and a half, but it's a little blurred lines. Um, insert the song blurred lines. No. <laughs> Dude, these guys get that. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're always thinking, man. Always you're going to go show note me. this and you're just going to put dings next to each one. Oh, yeah. I'll just I love, insert them all. I'm going to insert every single one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always, you know, how you bringing more value to the table, even if that means you're doing an extra day of editing for right. free. Um, so I got to ask this. How many, how much time on average do you guys spend on editing? I'd say it all correlates to how much preparation we do, right? Yeah. So the more preparation you do and you have a complete shot list that's to a T, editing shouldn't take that long. Yeah. Um, but a lot of some of our, you know, I'd say 50% of our projects, there's a lot of decision making in the edit process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can range, you know, to, you know, eight hours to a week and a half of 10 hour days, you know? Um, so really, it really depends, you know, obviously on the length of the, of the video too. Uh, the variations between like, if there's, um, VFX, if there's like uh, a voiceover or if there's on camera people, or if there's a lot of like transitions are involved, slow motion or fast motion. I mean, I could go on and on. There's a lot of variables that I will determine before the project even starts to understand how long I think this edit will take. And even then, I mean, I'm a pretty damn good, you know, guesser at how long things take, but even, you know, yeah, you never know. You never know. Cause revisions too. I mean, didn't you guys just do a, I saw something on your story where you, you time-lapsed like an entire production night. Cause you guys had to turn over, it was like a challenge or something, right? Like yeah. a film challenge where you had 24 hours to put the whole thing together. What was that all about? Yeah, it was a 48-hour film fest. Uh, Damn. Local to Minneapolis and around the world, actually, where we, you know, get a team and we get 48 hours to start and finish a film. And then each team gets like a criteria, like a genre, or you, you draw it right at 7 p.m. And then you get 48 hours from that moment. So it's very, you know, you got your writers, you got your editors, you got everybody in a room, you know, you got to, you got to write that thing. And it's, it's 20, it's 48 hours straight. No one sleeps pretty much. Damn. That's what that was. Yeah. We, I, we had a BTS guy had come in 
and Ian, shout out Ian, and oh, uh, great dude. yeah, he Incredible. he um, got a lot of BTS. So that, that was probably one of his shots where it was around the clock, around the clock time lapse. And, That's insane. Uh, yeah. Are you guys gonna create a movie one day? Oh, I have a tag. Well, to a movie about us or a movie in general. A movie in general, like a documentary um, or anything. Yeah, like no, uh, documentaries are huge in both for me. I wanna, I know I can do documentary shooting, like cinematography side, oh. the story side. That, I mean, I'm passionate about that kind of stuff, but it really has to hit home for it to be like passionate. Dude. Um, but I could be a B-roll. I mean, you should see the content I got this weekend uh, or this past weekend in Atlanta. I mean, this stuff is ESPN. Can it's, we insert that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I actually uh, was rendering there. a little draft to show you guys like what we were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll watch that after or maybe during. Dude. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that stuff's great. You know, shot on red. I mean, it's just like all the emotions, all the, everything. Everything's there. Skin crawling. Yeah, and, and ESPNs, I mean, speaking of that, that, you know, 30 for 30s and E60s, those really rich stories, those are huge inspiration. That's all I watch. I don't watch Glee or like, I don't Why did I say Glee? That's like. You went 19, with Glee, dude. Dude, you went with Glee. You just. That's put, like literally like 2012. Maybe I'm like, racked my archive brain. The guy that started Glee was from, from my high school. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you thought of it. You just looked at me and you're like, "This kid likes Glee." I'm reading my. This kid's (laughs) such a Glee kid. Like that genre is what I'm trying to say. Just the you know the the reality TV sort of like just waste of time. I listen. I watched the juicy stuff. You know, like Free Solo. I could see you guys doing like some Jimmy Chin type. That would be that's legit. on my queue. I I've been putting that off forever. I need to watch that. Yeah. Do you guys know Jimmy Chin? Or I haven't met guys. Do you know who I'm talking him? about? Um, isn't he the filmmaker? I'm blanking. Yeah, right yeah. He's, he's the one who makes. Yeah, he made uh, that 26 hour one too. I think maybe. Or makes him up. Yeah, I heard, uh, I'm not sure. I just know him from Free Solo, and he's a Carlton guy. Mm. So we're hoping he's like, we we keep just DMing him, and hopefully he bites one day when he's coming home yeah, to man. see his family. He I lives mean, in Jackson Hole, which is like sweet mm-hmm. break. That's you're definitely never coming back to Minneapolis. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a hard switch, but yeah, to answer it, one day, one day when we're right, so. you gotta flip the yeah, mic. You want to rotate the mic? Yep. Just the just move the actual top part. There, there you go. go, dude. There's the there pickup. Yep, wow. dude. I so, anyways, I just want to say this real quick, Ben. I one of my like dreams is to make a ski documentary. Yeah, don't we do gotta it. do it. The yeah. the stars are aligned, and the, literally like the one thing I or there was one day I, I like uh. I like wrote. I was like by myself. We don't. Rarely do we all get time by ourselves. Just shout out to that real quick. But riding by myself, riding my bike around the lake, and I wrote down like the five things that I want to do with my the next five years of my life, pretty much, and then the five things I'm doing now. But how how much time I'm actually spending on it? Right. And the fifth thing that I wrote down after like comedy, podcasting, all this other stuff mm-hmm. was to film a documentary. Like I want to yeah. do. I love telling that story. I think it's one of the coolest, most unique ways to unpack. A single story and it can be as small as you know maybe one person's experience in in an, in an hour of life like free solo right. or it could be as big as um I, there's lots Decade. of I mean, yeah, you world see. war ii yeah, docs are endless <laughs> yeah, yeah they're endless, endless right so. it's wild wild just got to convince people that the story needs to be told and that they should give you a lot of money to do it and that's kind of how docs go usually Mm -hmm. yeah and when you're going out prospecting what are kind of the things that uh 
like you say you, you like i'm honing there's the skills that i hone these are the skills that i can like i'm a tier above the rest when you're trying to get those next clients just out of curiosity that's a great question um I mean, I, I think we do a pretty good job of on on the cinematography side making a um, unsexy thing sexy. Um, so I think that's something that we're really good at, or and I should say is really good at. It. Um, but two, just trying to figure out their why and figuring out um, how do we get that message across, given like talent, locations, voiceovers, scripts, like figuring producing the project. Um, is something we're really good at. I mean, as you're talking about a ski documentary, I literally in my head have three people that I'd love to bring out of that project. And my producer mind is just like, click, click, click. Like those, that's something we like bring to the table. We just know a lot of people. Um, we know how to get things done in a timely fashion. I mean, shout out my boy, Bobby out in San Diego. That's where he started was in ski filming. I hope he's watching this right now, but, um, shout out Bobby. If you're on right now, shout out Bobby. So it's just like, um, that those are the things like we bring to the table. Um, we like to think we're creative and outside of the box, um, given, uh, the right boundaries, um, and given the right, uh, creative freedom. Um, and of course, if we don't think that we have, um, what it'll take, we know the right people to bring onto the project. Mm. Um, the Minneapolis film community is pretty small. Um, so when I sit down with meetings directors, I mean, if I start name dropping and they start name dropping, like it's, we're going to know a lot of the same people. Um, so yeah. I had a question about that. So I'm sure people are listening, thinking like, Oh, are these guys going to go to LA at some point? Are these guys going <laughs> to limb the film dream. And I would love to ask like, where do you guys see yourself? Do you want to go to that, that scene or do you see something else on the horizon? It's a hot, hot yeah, topic. It's a very recently hot topic. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, LA is, absolutely gonna happen um it very recently was about to happen and then a few things didn't line up exactly right um well we put this podcast but, on your uh, calendar so you know yeah you yeah I, I, you know, I had to stay in town yeah i was i had already booked a flight back now <laughs> um yeah la to me is it's sort of a legitimizing yourself thing it, to me it's kind of like new york it's like if you're in new york and living in new york like you you are doing something right like you can't slack you, you can't be behind in new york so if la for me is and this is how i view it is it's sort of a way to be like you know are you gonna make it in this field or not um and i'm talking more in a traditional filmmaking way um the whole dsl revolution way you know you can do what we're doing uh you know and pop up in any city and be sort of the dslr evolution but you know you if you want to do the traditional filmmaking with a set of 150 every day kind of thing 14 hour days um you know la is definitely the spot to do that you know be a nobody and soak up info from people who've been doing it for 50 years um so for me you know and this is why we almost very recently made the move like this month was um i i felt recently i kind of sort of plateaued within my area um and just cinematography you know cameras big technical stuff and i wanted i wanted to make a transition to l- keep be, learning sort of be the small be that i want to be the, the small yeah i don't want to be like 
I mean, it's a great thing to be like well known, you know, in an area that everyone's like, oh, I wish I was you kind of thing. But I want to be, you know, the small fish and learn and like be mm. mentored, you know, because I was on a set uh, last week with Under Armour and, and I was the nobody and I was so happy because I yeah, was, was sitting there like, whoa, like that's how you did that or like that created that effect or like you had that haze in this direction and did this and like that, that made me really happy. So definitely in the next year hopefully even sooner than that um i want to try it out for sure and just you know get my feet wet with with other people you know just create a pond essentially as well yeah absolutely and and that's like one of our goals you know Mm -hmm. is to you know obviously work with more people um but here you know there's obviously not nearly as many people um circles run very tight um and just, you know, frankly, the opportunity as far as being a freelancer, like individual um, here is, is very hard compared to L.A. where there's 160 job postings a day for associate producers, production managers, production coordinators, my title, Ben, camera yeah, ops, DPs, second ACs. Every there's day just, out there. You know, yeah. so regardless of our decision to move to L.A., we're still going to be producing projects and working on projects together. Um, but the shift may focus on working with other crews um, as individuals as well and balancing mm-hmm. those two. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, like, you know, knowledge is, is super important and getting uncomfortable. And the minute we feel that we're getting comfortable, we want to get uncomfortable. Um, and that's where L.A. comes in. Because you go to L.A., you're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And not just with rent. Yes, yeah, so you're going to be uncomfortable with 3500 a month, you know, for two people minimum, right? Um Plus, we need an extra room just for our equipment, right? <laughs> but um, that that's why the decision this actually week, things didn't quite line up um, the way we wanted them. The offer wasn't quite there. Um, but November, we'll see. Maybe next November, you know. We're yeah. still so young, man, as Gary Vee would say. If we fall asleep tonight and wake up in five years, guess what? We're young as shit. Yeah, we're still young as shit. <laughs> um, so we've been able to do a lot in the last couple of years um but that's definitely not stopping us for sure so i love that take because i'm really curious i've never really looked into leaving the twin cities for right now deck and i are honing in, honing in dominating the sandbox if you will um but like giving that that thought and putting in that time and effort to when you do make that leap when you make that that transition that you're ready to go your full forces and just like all right we're just gonna pack our stuff up and go we you know that's not how you win in those situations you really have to put the the thought into it uh but kind of transition into the back pocket core questions here this is what our first question that we ask it's our favorite question it's it throws people off from time to time it's the average quality question something you do well at times and other times not so well at the end of the day it's your average quality so brodsky brothers who wants to start what's your guys average quality yeah, well, I mean, I'll start it off. Um, I mean, basically, my I guess my average quality would, you know, man, I, that's a good one. I would say, you know, filmmaking because, you know, you can be really great in one area and, you know, and, and in other days I can be really bad in some areas. Like, you know, ah, oh, my sound, you know, like, I, what was I doing there? Um, I, I would say there's really no perfect way to make a film. So, you know, I, I would say my average quality is, is yeah, filmmaking is, is kind of cliche, I guess, as that sounds. That's awesome. You know, there's definitely, 
you know, there's definitely no perfect way to make a film. So, and, and that, that's this is a good quote just for everyone out there. There is no roadmap to filmmaking. <laughs> it really is, you know, trial and error and getting feedback and just, you know, figuring it out as you go. There's, there's no roadmap. Mm-hmm. And especially with like yeah. YouTube university mentality, hindsight's yeah. 2020. You don't know what you're, do- you didn't know what you were doing a year ago. When you look back at those films, you're like, Oh, I was really yeah. fucking around on that and I didn't do it how much I wanted yeah. to, but now, you know, and you, you put yourself out there to make that leap, which is dope. Yeah. I love yeah. the humility aspect too of it, where it's like people tag you as a filmmaker and yet you're still sitting here. Like I still have so much to learn. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 like a great point across the boards is like everyone who's a filmmaker is always trying they should be anyway just trying to strive for that next goal i mean i have people that like i was at a concert this weekend they recognized me and like i had no idea who they were and like i'm sitting here like what you recognize me like i'm trying to get to here like and you're looking up to me like what the heck yeah but it is <laughs> but, kind of know. nice to have that happen every once in a while yeah, just to like pep you up feeling. like okay i'm like doing something good here yeah and i'm always looking <laughs> behind the camera so it's cool to be like oh you recognize me like i'm a person yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no i love that man i think that like ties right into exactly why you guys want to be uncomfortable like it just makes sense like Andrew and I have really never thought about it yet because we haven't dominated our sandbox. We're still looking for those next big guests or those bigger opportunities to like get us there. So that's what we're, we're just in the thick of it trying to, we're still a small, a small fish in this, in this small pond of Minneapolis. But uh, I love that man. Sam, what's your average quality round? Yeah. I mean, as uh, Ben was speaking, I, I came up with two answers. Um, and I guess one that was really random, um, but I'd say like sleeping. And let me explain. Because so the, the role of a producer is you don't get a lot of sleep. You're always worrying about something that something went wrong or some project that's not quite as far along as we like want it to be. Um, so like you do lose sleep at times, um, but what's kind of like humbling is that it's been it makes me like think more about my the way i eat and the way i um like wrap around my production business like and how i like move around the very crazy hours and oh hey i need like 10 photos um by tomorrow for um the washington post it wants uh you know they wanted a couple photos like so uh it it was kind of like random answer to it but um i'd say like i'm a pretty average uh, like sleeping and working around my my schedule it's a really hard question honestly to answer and i'm sure a lot of people have stumbled up but that was my first thing that came to my thought um i love that it is i mean it's just the listening to like your kind of response was it, it what it sounds like is your schedule is not consistent it's not very regimented yeah, if like, it is, you're not working hard enough. There you go. Yeah, I mean it's, that's uh, just you know at every soul. Yeah, at every level. Sleep. Yeah, and and I, I guess I should say at every level, but at the sense like okay, there's some producers that do like one project a month and like you know they've like completely made it and it's, you know, how a much big would deal? Uh, but I mean when your rate when your rates you know ten thousand a day, I mean and that's what some directors and producers are you know they're 20 percent of a half a million dollar production whoa there you go and i know people like that um but i'm nowhere near that at all um but one day what one day baby stay hungry is what yeah how many uh 
how much money would you have to get paid? Or if you were to achieve eight hours of sleep for seven days in a row, how much would you have to get paid to do that? And not even that. Could you achieve it? That's, I mean, and for, still like, be product as productive. Like just say cold turkey, you Sam, you gotta go seven days in a row, eight hours of sleep. Yeah, like could you do it? Yeah, I, I could do it for 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 a project that would like float me per se, or or just in general, just like a number. Like if I'm just gonna hire you, like knowing your average quality is like sleep, I'd be like, all right, Sam, like I'm not hiring you onto my project unless you get eight hours of sleep during the whole production. Could you do it? Yeah, I mean, depending on how big the project is, the bigger the project, I mean, the the more worries the more and the more variables are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this is the way it, the way it works. I mean, I was. I'll be out on a Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial, and holy wow, there was not much sleep involved on the uh, you know production side uh, for the you know production supervisors and Damn. coordinators. I mean, it's that's insane. I mean, when you get when you get people flying in from other countries to be a part of a project, I mean, and your ass is on the line, can not get much sleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can get. But the, you know, we're you know figuring out how you balance your life is what I'm trying to figure out at a small scale. So when I am at that quote huge level or large level, you know, I'm I am able to, you know, sleep uh eight hours a day or sure. It doesn't have to be eight because I don't even get eight hours either. So yeah. um, what was your second thing? You said you had two average qualities? Oh uh, yeah, I was getting at like with, with like editing. Like I'm an average editor. I'm not good at it, but Ben kind of humbles me because I look at him and he's like so much better at me sure. that it's like, wow, like he's really good at what he does. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was something like average. at. Yeah. You know? But it, it, in your position with uh, Ben being able to help you, I think you're going to be heading up and to the right consistently because he's always going to be. Guided. When you have yeah. YouTube yeah. University to your left of you mm-hmm. in the office. Yeah. yeah. Ask him questions all the time. Up and to the right. That's the way we go. Absolutely, dudes. Um, And then the next question is, what's in your back pocket? So this is something when pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising, you reach in your back pocket to overcome these situations. These could be in in situations when you're on set or could just be behind the scenes type things. Yeah, I mean, I would say Ben, right? I always have him to rely on, Mm. right? I mean, you know, not many people are blessed with a twin, and we talked about this earlier. But you know, I can go to him for anything if in in need uh, or in stressful you know situations. But I'd say second, I mean perseverance. At the startup of any business, you get told no a lot. Um, so just being having that that mentality of like I'm gonna keep trying, I'm gonna keep trying. Um, that's that's another thing that I'd say is in my right cheek. Ben's in my left. Mm. <laughs> that's clever. Hey, Ben, yeah. is Sam sitting in your back pocket? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm sitting he here. He forced you into that answer. I don't yeah, know if that, um, we should ask Ben first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good answer. I would definitely, like, agree. Yeah, he's in my back pocket for sure. I mean, if it's, you know, some kind of put out some fire or something, you know, go handle X, Y, Z while I'm still shooting or trying to finish up something. Like, that's, that's yeah, it's for sure. For sure, back pocket. Right I on, man. love it, man. So, you know, you guys have been talking about, you know, more or less just, you know, everybody. It's pretty freaking cool to hear you guys are shooting with, you know, Under Armour, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. You know, you guys just know everybody all Casey around the Neistat. world. Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat. You guys shot with Casey Neistat? I did that. Uh, it was a little, it was a little uh, Instagram cut down type piece. Really? For, Hitting yeah. a slip and slide type thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was in uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Wish I oh. could. I wasn't actually there for it, which was annoying. But my buddy was in it, so I edited him. Mm-hmm. There you go. So but. with that being said, you know we're looking for a challenge. So we want to ask you guys. You know, like, is there anybody that you guys would love to see on the podcast? Um. Yeah. So. Ooh, that's actually really hard. Um, a lot of people. I don't know. I mean, if if you can definitely get the guy that you mentioned, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Chen. For that sure. would be really cool, and I think that's like better than the challenge that I can think of right now. I mean, I love my buddy just started a, a fitness brand, um, little personal training business, a couple weeks back. Maybe hit him up in six months, see where he's at. Um, I've just I lived with him for four years uh, back in college. What's and, his name? Um, Elliot Levine. Okay. Um, kid grinds harder than I've, anyone I've met. Um, but uh, that that could be someone that just popped out of my head. He sure. like started his Instagram like two days ago and okay. i was and he was like hey like should i start it and i was like dude you got to start somewhere um exactly. send it yeah <laughs> which i mean speaking of starting instagrams been uh working on a little instagram for their for our company um over the last couple weeks that we're gonna launch pretty soon here there you, um, go. you know just another platform for people to check out our stuff so is that the broski productions page that you're yeah, yeah, okay. we're just gonna lost a little Instagram. I think there's like, I haven't told anyone. I think this is probably <clears throat> the first like actual announcement. But Sick. I think there's like 200 people that like found it somehow on Instagram and followed it. Yeah. And it's on private, and there's like no posts. But um, definitely follow. go follow because like I've been working. On, I've learned Photoshop, so I've been like designing um, th- this uh, Instagram launch, and I'm, I'm like pretty proud of it. Right? There you so, go. Dude. I mean, if you give me a if you give me a follow, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in pre-launch stage. So, mm-hmm. look for that in the upcoming weeks. In the so. show notes as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We got you. Is there anyone in the Twin Cities that we could get on our nice uh, sectional couch that you'd want to see? Oh, I'm trying to think. I might, like, get back to you and, like, paste it in. No, that's that's, fine. like, a, that's a really good question because I want someone that um, – would provide you guys a lot of value too um, that we can connect because you know we do know a lot of people. We're all about it. Right, right at this moment. Um, trying don't have the, any... uh, I'm trying to think of someone like you know, kind of Minnesota grown or something like that. Might have to, might have to do some searching. No, that's fine. Yeah, no worries. We'll we'll circle we'll circle we'll back. Definitely circle yeah, back. That's how we. That's how we basically we create a, a breadcrumb trail, and Andrew and I just go and pick up the bread pieces <laughs> of all the different people that. Are challenged to come on the show. That's how mm-hmm. we grow. No, I love it. I love and we, I think you're, you're coming to a point where uh, you know you're at a loss for words because we've been peppering you with questions and you've been crushing it all day. I mean, <laughs> I think our questions have been pretty good, but your guys' answers have been phenomenal. So thank you. Uh, but we would like to give you the opportunity to ask us some questions. If there's any questions that you thought of throughout this, uh, this hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Well, who's the first us. person you interviewed on the show? It's kind of curious. What kind of your beginning journey the first person we ever interviewed was uh one of our good friends mal jensville just like a girl that we've known for like three four or at the time it was like two three years she was just like kind of the more talkative like more confident cool girls that we knew so we, sh- we brought her on to just peppered her with like the most knucklehead questions valentine's day special the valentine's day special brought yeah. her on <laughs> that's episode one and then episode two it. was a hitter with a Chilean kicker, uh, football kicker on our, our football team. He's just a transfer from somewhere in Chile. Yeah, Brian wanted, Steinspear. Brian Steinspear, and we really wanted to interview him because his like, Chilean accent is the thickest ever, like most thick thing of all time. Yeah. So we, we, we knew that was good for podcasting. Which we I wish at. we had video at that time because uh, 
he's Chilean, but he's also uh, like blonde and just like does not look like he's from not, Chile. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been priceless. Yeah. That's <laughs> some of that oh. stuff though, man. Like I, I like am scared to hit play on some of those podcasts because I'm like, I don't even know what we were talking about back then, man. <laughs> Holy oh, shit! You, on that. you should get him back in here, in round two. No, absolutely. He ended up starting his own podcast when he moved back to Chile How about sports. Yeah, but so, now he's slanging, uh tequila, I think. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a barrier one too. He was like, "Yeah, I started this new podcast called uh, Sobre Mesa Podcast." I was, and I hit play, and it was all in Spanish. I was like, "Look, dude, I get podcasts are for everyone, but this is like a serious barrier to entry. Like, yeah. you can't <laughs> if it's in another." Yeah. Another language, I'm out. Yeah, uh, we can't do nothing with that, dude. Well, Google Translate one of these. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could definitely do that. AI, man. Siri it's taking over it. things, including yeah. even in the video production space, man. AI for in editing. You know, there's a, there's a function job role called a rotoscoper. And, uh, you know. Yeah, that's pretty techy, but, I mean, just. Yeah. Go yeah. on. Right, it's, it's it's wild. Yeah, AI is taking over. But I wanted to ask you guys another question too. Like, where do you see um, the podcast going in the next three years? I know a lot of people have probably asked that, but also, what's like stopping you um, from like that where you want to be in three years mm. or so? Mm. I like the what's stopping you. What's the resistance? Yeah, because I want to help. That's my producing background, right? Mm. For sure. You know, what is stopping us, dude? Like, it's what's. I mean, I guess the, like, our other jobs and the things that the other, you know, time is money, right? Mm-hmm. The other things that I'm spending time on that I don't see as much value in, sure, that would probably be the obvious thing. But for, I like to just give our, ourselves credit, man. We've been doing this for two and a half years as a side gig. We're pumping out three podcasts a week on, on nights like this. Like, we've done it for so long to now any idea that we have, and I'm sure you guys are just like this, where it's like, you can think of the craziest idea and still find a way to build a roadmap to it. So when you're telling me in three years, like I haven't even really thought that far yet, but Mm -hmm. in three years I could be like, okay, Andrew and I, we want to be, you know, traveling the world, interviewing the biggest names, unpacking their story, doing exactly this, but just scaling that impact everywhere. Like as crazy as that for me to say that to some stranger to Andrew and I, it's just like, okay, what's, let, let's build this out. We can do this. And that, that kind of confidence, uh, I hope I'm speaking for you, is just like, dude, that is – we can do it. I have so much confidence in us to achieve that, knowing that it's going to be so wildly average in year one, two, and probably three. But at the end of the day, man, it's going to be – that's that's where we want to go, to yeah. the moon. We've been going at this for now two and a half years and just started recording analytics for over a year now first year and a half yeah. we hadn't had no idea how many people listened how many people hit play we just did it for the first year and a half that's yeah. crazy to think about that and then in may of 2018 was when we first like actually started tracking downloads and then in season three we finally have like this consistent pl- like a system that we can look at the numbers and actually like dissect them and see where what's hitting and what's not and we've doubled our downloads since then so just like focusing on that and moving forward in slow, monotonous ways, but just caring about what we're doing is that's the goal because we don't know where we want to take it, but we just know we love doing this and dominating the sandbox is what we're going to do for now. It just, I it, love it, boys. Yeah. yeah. It. We just have fun doing it. That's the best thing. That's it's the key. most important part. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you'll burn out. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for asking absolutely. that, Sam. Appreciate it. Yeah. Flipping it back on you though. Like where three year plan for Brodsky Productions. What do you guys want to, you guys want to do? What's stopping you? Definitely LA. I mean, I I definitely see at least a two three year 
Growthsburg in LA soon. Yeah. So sweet. Um, yeah, just getting on bigger projects and just learning more tricks is what keeps me going. You know, passionate. Yeah, yeah, and and just finding um, more clients that we w- work with well um on a consistent basis yeah the recurring um, client that we just vibe with yeah recurring is always great um not everyone you know can can afford that um but uh yeah i mean la is definitely in the in the the future man yeah i love that we just we you know truthfully we have friends that are moving there and they're you know starting to build relationships there and and are out there so it's you know next step for us is Makes it a lot easier for us oh, once yeah. we yeah. move there to have. Absolutely, send them know, on the front lines and you know yeah. take take those sword wounds to the arms and legs and let <laughs> get chopped off and then you swoop in and be like, all right, I got some extra arms for you to some extent, <laughs> yeah. and we give them that breath of fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm but, curious on how many times you guys shoot some solid footy and you send it to them. They paid for it. Everything is going great, and they don't know what to do with it, and it just like sits in the back of their closet. Mm. And you're just like, dudes, like I just yeah. delivered this awesome stuff for you, and they str- they struggle with the distribution because you guys don't deal with distribution at all. It's just kind of getting to them. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about distribution a lot. That's like a big piece because like if you're going on Instagram only, we're gonna be talking and having conversations about are we shooting this sixteen by nine or nine by sixteen, aka vertical, right? Um, but I mean, there is yeah, there is one client in particular where we delivered an incredible piece and it's in around an event so they'll probably use it for um next year okay um oh. but they also have like a ton of stuff going on um but i'm just like let's get that baby going let's just see you know you might as well post you know, post it now and later again and start putting ad dollars for it later but i mean mm-hmm. there's some people that um they're that they're very successful um and they just feel like they need content, but aren't relying on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on like how how much they like really need it, right? Because yeah. if you have this core audience of a million followers that are like not cult followers, but are like really um, into your brand, like yes, you're trying to grow, but some aren't like desperate for exposure and getting that like awareness of what your company is about and the why. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, and the team structure too. You know, maybe they're just lacking uh, someone in the team to be able to utilize that. To push it out. Yeah. Gotcha. So. What do you think about, like, you know, you just mentioned Instagram, or you can just touch on that. Maybe just the filmmaking space in general. Where, Where is this going? Because <laughs> honestly, I've seen it triple in size. We've had people on this show that, like, just, like, look at Soda Boy for an example. You guys know Soda Boy? Oh, yeah. Picked up a camera three years ago and was just like, I like doing this. Oh, my God. I love editing. Okay. Let me just hit up a couple of girls on it right. and let's see where this thing goes. Found his own brand. Right. Now he's over almost 200K. But, like, that's one example of probably hundreds yeah, of thousands of different million, people. But yeah. knowing those last three years in the space. Is that sustainable? Is that where, like, this industry is heading? Yeah. Where's it going? Oh, that's, like, the million dollars. I actually, when you were talking about, like, in the next three years, one of my, like, current kind of projects that is it's on my mind, but I'm not, like, sort of producing it quite yet, mm-hmm. is I, I want to document the change of all of this, all of this Facebook, all this Instagram, because, you know, if I were to, you know, turn the camera around right now and interview you about, you know, what's your daily use? What's your, do you rely on? And I just like ask you these, these just day in the life questions. And then I come back 
once a year and I start to see where those trends go. Like I just, we have so much power right now to do catch it while it's kind of still young technically, you know, and then, um, you know, just track it and see where yeah. it goes. I'm, I'm super curious about that question. Um, Especially but, I, and just like to build up that a little bit, like it's one thing to like, Oh, with the organic side of everything, understanding like, you know, yeah, you create these great videos, you post it out as long as you have like, like you said, Sam, like that cult like following, like you're going to see some sweet engagement. But now Andrew and I have been getting into the weeds in this a little bit is like the, the paid side hmm. of all this social media. And uh, if you have time, go watch the great hack on Netflix and talks about Cambridge Analytica and how they used uh, Facebook ads and all these different things to like polarize people and political movements of tons and tons of people. Andrew, you can go in it more if you want, but the idea is anybody's got this power now to yeah. put money into Facebook ads and then create a following and, and show your brand to the exact person that you need to see it. Yeah. Yeah, so like, absolutely. how does that, I mean, how would well, that even tie in? Especially, I mean, with content creation, people need that content in order to push their brand. Otherwise it's mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, go look and Google um, how House of Cards was used using the big power uh, of data, right? House of Cards is a household name. Everyone knows House uh, of it's Cards show, is. Yeah. It's a great show. And it was founded and, and made based off of data. Um, they simply, and it's genius, all they did was take the number one genre that was trending on Netflix the number one actor on that people were engaging with and a, countless other variables. And they just took all the variables, put them into one script and boom, they had a TV show that was incredible or a show yeah. that was incredibly successful. Um, definitely check out that because in our industry, it's, it's huge. Data is huge. Um, but that's on a very large scale. Um, we're not fortunate enough to have like a ton of data on our videos that our clients like show. So then we can like, go and manipulate that data to replicate um but we have some right so we still are able to use some of that but um the number one thing for us is a good story will replicate and share itself our first viral video um was that ku video that four-year documentary right about the university life and there was zero paid ads and it would have costed thirty forty thousand dollars um, to create the effect that it did and we did it completely organically at zero mm -hmm. so if you have a good story and you're able to tell that good story it can reach so yeah. many people um but yes you definitely need both especially if you don't have the talent and resources to understand how to like derive a story and tell mm -hmm. a story then you're definitely going to want to rely more on on that paid side um but um that was our like first big exposure of understanding how powerful a story can be um, and if it can relate to a specific audience that you want and it has that objective and it's not trying to have 10 objectives. Like We had one objective, right? Tell the story of what it's like being a KU student and the traditions that go with being at the University of Kansas. Mm -hmm. And it did exactly that and people were literally crying over that video. And yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, people from all over the country. The basketball team actually, I mean, I'm telling you, everyone knew about that. There was video. articles written in the paper uh, about it. Articles, and not only that, but it was shown in like every classroom, like all the marketing, wow. 
which which unfortunately for me it kind of sucked because I was I posted it about a week or two after graduation, so I was I don't think I was around really for the maybe impact. I, maybe I was yeah, so I, I didn't really get to see it in classrooms the following you know semester when it when it came around again. But yeah, I mean the basketball team wanted their own little cut for you know to use it. The the assistant basketball coach called me and was like. Yeah, could we like get some of this for you know recruiting purposes and like Kansas basketball is like cream of the crop, it's the, the top. Best. Oh, but basketball was founded in, in Kansas. Yeah, the Constitution was... of basketball is in. We have people, our own. People our say Indiana. Yeah. It was founded in. Everybody people. claims it, but yeah. we own the rules. So <laughs> <laughs> we got that. Rule. I've, actually, I've actually never heard Indiana. Though. I've never heard Indiana. I've heard Duke. I've, I've heard. Was that ESPN about it? Yeah. You should definitely check that out. There's a, um, yeah, 30 for 30 for it. Check out that storytelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I think what's cool, too, is with the power of social media and this ultra, ultra uber connectivity that we all have is now we're able to see stories of yeah. everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, and like everybody's got kind of their own unique story, and we found that out just by interviewing a lot of these quote-unquote average people that, end up becoming or end up you end up finding out that these people are not average people these are extraordinary dudes right like you guys are behind that this ku video that went viral um but people prior just looked at the names like sam and ben brodsky like oh good for these guys right but like there's so much more to it i think it's super cool like and that's where i kind of think the industry is going is there's just going to be so much more of a need for guys like you who are super passionate about telling that story. Yeah, it's it's a huge need. And I definitely. think yeah, and I think people are gonna start to come around to this more vulnerable, uh, this fleeting, or not fleeting, just rise of vulnerability and like yeah. wanting to put themselves out there more. Yeah, for sure. That's just my takes, though. Those are good takes, man. Good takes. Hey, we uh, we appreciate your guys' time, and we appreciate you guys sharing your story with us. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, Wait, do we sorry. have one more question? Oh, that's right. I'm in. Final Holy question. Shit. Yeah. We almost blew it. Yeah, we, one final oh, question. Geez. This yeah. is a lot of this pressure here. You guys ready? What'd you learn today? Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I learned a little bit about being better on podcasts, you know, how to hold, hold the mic, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for being like I'm producers, you guys behind. are like terrible. Yeah, podcasts we've never done, man. We've never done a podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast. Ben's no. done one year or two back ago, but I've I've never been on a podcast. This is my first time, and it was awesome. And I'm down to do yeah. another one at any point and any time. And maybe you know we could do a Billie Eilish on it, and, and or you know how she like answers like answers her, question, her own question, mm-hmm. yeah. like as the video's going, and then she's looking at herself and being like, "Oh man, I said that then." Man, I've, I want to do one of those. That would um, be that great. Would be awesome. Like a, yeah. just a little Sam roast. Yeah, dude. And be like, what was he saying, man? But, you know, in, in general, though, like, love these conversations. I'd love to dive deeper into your documentary about skiing and whatnot. I mean, that stuff just makes me tick. Yeah, I want to. So, but, yeah, I mean, what did I learn? I mean, you guys are – I already knew you guys were amazing. We've done – you know, hung out multiple times. But, like, yeah, you guys are great what you're doing. And I know for a fact in the next three years, like, this thing's going to be 10x, not – Double the yeah. downloads, 10, mm. 20x. Um, it's just all about the grind, right? Mm-hmm. So of course. That's what it just comes down to. Um, and having that one well, break. Yeah, that yeah. one break, man. Like for us, one break, right? Gets yep. that traction, that portfolio piece. That's what you show people um, when they want to be on the podcast or whatever. Who have you had or what clients have you had? And like 
we initially, you know, in our first startups, first first couple of years, like we didn't have that, like, oh, who have you worked with? But yeah, now we do. Um, so it's just that one that one break, man. Yeah, you guys have already had sure. so many people on it, man. I always listen. Yeah, to that for churn sure. and burn, baby. Churn and burn. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. Well, yeah. one hell of a conversation. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Um, That's a wrap.